So I don't know how to do that. How, how about you? Do we have any surfers in the house today? We have one, all right. We have one. Let's welcome Scott DeGelder on stage here because he's gonna take this over because that's the master right there, you know? I don't know how to do that. I, I am like one of these born and raised Midwestern kind of people. And even though I've been to California and I've been to Hawaii and I've been to the Caribbean and I've been to Florida and I've been to Lake Michigan when the water gets big, all right? I don't know how to do it. We got a mocker over here. I don't know how. But man, I want to. You know, I didn't grow up like, like a two years old going to the beach going, wow, if I could only surf. But, you know, I did grow up in a house with teenage girls who watch way too many surfer movies. And I, 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 I'm not too proud, all right? I dig those teenage girl surfer movies, all right? And I see that surfing kind of going on. And, you know, you see the water, like, does it not just look so much fun? Like, or have you ever, you know, someone's like, no, <laughs> you know, in the back. It does to me. It looks just like, it just looks exhilarating. Have you ever been out to a coast or when the water's been big and you see people out playing in it and riding it, and especially when they make it look so natural and so easy? And you see that combination of only what I can describe as terror meets excitement like the best things in life often are. Having been to some of those places, I, I see that kind of thing, and it's just like, I would love to be able to do it. No, maybe I'm never moving to Hawaii and making it a way of life, but those times when I visited and I'm kind of sitting there on the beach, no clue what's going on, trying to get out there on my little paddleboard, you know, it, it just, it does something for me. It just looks cool. I kid you not, mocker. I went to college in Valparaiso, Indiana. And there was a guy I became friends with who grew up in essentially Valparaiso, Indiana. And he was a surfer. And you know where he used to surf? Valparaiso, Indiana or close enough, because when you get a Northeastern coming out of Lake Michigan, the swells would hit 10 to 12 feet. He'd get on the wetsuit, he would get his board, he had like this, this Volkswagen Beetle, like, you know, total classic, with all like the Pacific stickers on it, like, you know, the, the yin-yang stuff, and you know, and all the Ron John stuff kind of all over it. And he'd strap his surfboard to the car, and people like be driving by, and you like kind of look at this guy, going out to the breaks at the Indiana sand dunes, and he would actually ride them. And you know what it's kind of taught me? I don't care where you live. God will send you a wave. I don't care where, where, where you think life has brought you. God will send you a wave. God will send you waves. Hey, I'm talking to you. Each of you here, God will send waves. Because what I've found is that God likes to make waves. Think about that. 
Because so often, I think we think of God as someone who likes to still waves. A God who likes to take the tumultuous waters and make them calm and serene. You know, we even read Bible stories like this. I want to I wanna share this story with you today. It comes out of Mark chapter 4. It is totally worth reading. It's even more worth memorizing. And it says, that day evening came, and Jesus said to his disciples, hey, I want to go to the other side of the lake. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And it says, a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. I'm curious, have you ever been like in big water? Like big water when it's like it's not fun anymore. <laughs> and you're like, oh, what did we get ourselves into here? You ever been on a cruise? Out on a smaller boat. It doesn't even have to be big water like an ocean or what we'd call a sea or even the middle of Lake Michigan. But have you ever been out in water and it starts to come up. I remember this one instance. It was my dad and I. We were 10 years old. We were at Boy Scout camp in Oxford, Wisconsin, of all places. This lake would probably be constituted as the Oxford puddle. But it was big to me and we were out there. And something weird happened that day. You got to know this about me. I don't like fishing. I would rather do just about anything than fish. I would rather have to take fish hooks out of my own skin than sit in a hot boat in a 90 degree day and fish. Okay, that's just me. But the fishing was great. We were putting the line in the water and you would catch a fish and another fish would eat that fish and you would just like pull it out. You would like spit in the water and the fish were jumping out. I kid you not. It was like fisherman's delight. The fish were everywhere, which meant our focus was in the water and not up here. And we were at most maybe 300 yards in the middle of this lake. And I saw something happen in weather that I have never seen since. Have you ever heard the phrase, the clouds rolled in? Now see, maybe I'm just naive, but I always thought that was a metaphor. I witnessed clouds literally rolling like waves on top of themselves, tumbling, coming in and coming in fast. And we were in the middle of the lake. You ever have a moment when you look up and you notice everyone who was once around you has gone away. And here we are in the middle of this lake, and then it hit. The sky opened. And I'm not talking rain like this. I'm talking rain like this, pushing us further into the lake. It, the boat started doing a 360. You know, I'm talking like the eight-foot rowboat here. You know what I mean? And here we are, I'm this 10-year-old kid, and I'm out with my dad, and the lifeguards are like waving on the shore, trying to get us to come in. Have you ever been in the middle, middle of big water, going, oh my gosh, the disciples are out in the lake. And it's bigger than Oxford, Wisconsin. And a storm sets in. Big water starts coming in. So much that the waves start swamping over the boat and they think they're going to drown. And I love how the story goes because look at what the disciples say to Jesus. He's in the stern. He's sleeping on a cushion because really, why wouldn't you? And the disciples woke him and they said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? 
And it says he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. He got up and he looked at the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. And even now as I read this story, doesn't it fill you with just kind of a sense of the wind died down? And it was completely calm. We see God as a God, don't we, who speaks into the storms of life to make the water still and calm and serene. It's some of the most treasured, amazing images of God and stories of the Bible, isn't it? This God who can speak into the raging sea of our life and bring something calm and still. How we latch on to that image. But I think we do God a disservice sometimes by focusing so much on that image that we fail to see the Bible gives us other images of God as well. One of the coolest things about my daughter Reagan being home from college against her will from COVID close downs and everything else is us being together more and her being divorced from her spiritual community at school, which she developed and hungry for Bible study and kind of really, for the first time, getting to do like a Bible study together, one-to-one -one parents. If you've never done this with your children, I've made the mistake of letting 18 years of my life go by with my daughter, of never doing this. And I've loved these past three to four months where we just take a book and it's just her and I and we talk through it and we got through revelation because well that's not stuff and why not start there and we're like now what do we do and we started doing Genesis and we're like oh that got boring so we moved on to Job and we find ourselves in the midst of Job and I hope you're liking it honey I'm loving it and going through it again. But you know, it's interesting that it's been striking me as we've been reading Job together, you get these other senses, these other images, because here is this, this man named Job who is in the storms of life. And the images that Job starts to talk about are not images of a God speaking into the storm to make it calm. No, no, let me just share this one passage out of Job 9 with you. God's wisdom is profound. His power is vast. Who has resisted him and come out unscathed? He moves mountains without their knowing it and overturns them. He shakes the earth from its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He seals off the lights of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. We've all lived long enough to see the pictures of tsunamis. I mean big 
water, trembling the foundations of the earth and creating the waves. This image Job gets, not of a God who says quiet and be still, but shaking the very foundations and plates of the earth itself to make waves of proportions we can't even dream. God, the water walker. God, the one who treads the waves. God, who does not still the storm, but charges into those big swells and rides on top of them. It's a very different image of God isn't it? A very different image of God from quiet. Be still. And yet both are true. The Bible is loaded with paradox, with tensions, giving us this picture of God over here and simultaneously giving us this picture of God over there and inviting us to hold them both at the same time, preventing us from jumping into one single perspective and making that the totality of the image of God we create in our mind. Let me ask you today, when you think of God, do you think of God more as one who is here to rescue you from drowning in the sea? Or do you think of God more as one who is riding the waves saying, come, follow me? It's the first, isn't it? I bet it is. I bet it is for most of us. I bet it's the first. I bet our thinking on God and our approach to God is the approach to say, God, save me. Save me because I'm drowning. Save me because it's scary. Save me because it's big. Lord, make it calm. Make it still. Save me. Rescue me from this place and bring me to something that's quiet and peaceful and serene. Make no mistake, praise God when he does. But how often of our approach with God is it to take us out of something rather than to charge it? And with that fear meets exhilaration, ride it with him. To not get safely to the seashore, but to surf the waves that God is sending with the joy and power and exhilaration of a God who loves. Big water, which image of God do you hold today? I think we, as churches, have often done God a disservice and have often created a false image of God by focusing so much on the one that we have forgotten the other. But more and more what I've been realizing and as I reflect over the course of my life with God, I realize God is a God who loves big water. God is a God who loves to ride the waves. God is like one of these crazy friends in the surf movie. It's like you're watching Point Break or something like that, charging the 90-foot swells. I was watching this Netflix documentary because let's face it, what else do we do, right? I was watching this Netflix documentary about these people who are seeking this big water, these people who are off the coast of Portugal. I wish I remember the name. This doesn't help you, does it? But they were off the coast of Portugal. And this guy on this jet ski bringing people out into these 90-foot swells. Can you imagine water that big? I'm going to ride this 10-story building. What's this, 30 feet? Can you imagine? Can you imagine a wave three times the size of this top peak and some fool on a jet ski going into it saying, hey, hop on, I'll pull you out, go ride it with 
me welcome to Job 9, Yahweh, the wave rider. <laughs> Make no mistake, God, God makes waves. So often I think we find ourselves confused. Lord, you're upsetting the apple cart here. I'm happy in my inner tube where it's two feet and my feet are touching the bottom with my squeaky toy and my drink, you know? Leave me, Lord, to the lazy river going round and round in endless circles going, oh, this is life. When God so often is going, no, there's bigger water. You gotta come and follow me. I dare you to open your heart and approach God as the wave rider today because I've become fully convinced that God makes waves. God makes waves. God likes to create waves. No, not a storm, for, not, not a chaos, but big water that God likes to send our way and invites us to step out of our comfort zones, our lazy rivers of life, inviting us to come and ride with him. I promise you this. God is sending you waves. And what he invites us to do is to learn how to discern them because I can't tell you much about surfing firsthand. But I've watched the surfer movies more than I ever should. And if I've learned anything from this collective body of wisdom, it's that every surfer needs to learn to read the horizon. Because when a wave is under you, it's already too late. No, you gotta see it coming from out there. If you want to ride that wave, you've got to learn to see it ahead of you. You've got to be watching going, is that it? Is it coming? Wait, wait, wait. That looks like it's materializing. Wait, what is God sending? What is coming my way? So that you are prepared and poised. So that already by the time it's coming upon you, you're already in momentum, ready to ride. How often I am so guilty. How about you? of just bobbing in the water of life, listlessly enjoying and looking around. And by the time God's wave has hit, it's already passed. Because something else I've learned from this collective body of wisdom as well is that once the late wave has passed, it's too late. There's no hope of catching it. There's no hope of paddling after it. There's no hope of going do over. Oh no, more waves may come to be sure, but no two waves will ever be exactly the same. And I gotta tell you, one of the hardest things for me in my walk with God is when I think of all the waves that I've let go by. The opportunities that God has sent me. The things that in hindsight you go, these were calls of God. Moments of God. Things sent by God. Things sent that 
if I would have just rode them. Oh, what life would have been. What God would have done in me. What I would have experienced. How I would have developed. How I would have grown. How I would have connected with him on the water in a way I never could from the shore. Make no mistake, big water's scary. There's that moment, right? And we've all been there. Where we're in something that's outside of our comfort zone. And we have that moment and it's almost a split second, isn't it? Even if time stands still. Where we have to decide, am I going to act or am I going to delay? Am I going to jump on this or am I going to hesitate? It's a moment of truth. And how often I've done the latter. I've waited. I've hesitated. I've let it gone by. I let my fear of getting rocked on that big water, that fear of wiping out, that fear of smashing the coral reef go with the metaphor, okay? Keep me from the joy and adventure and delight of riding what God was sending me. You know, some of the hardest things in my life have been looking back, looking back with regret over waves I've recognized and willingly chose to miss. And I know I'm speaking to some of you here right now. I know some of you know exactly what I mean, that you can look back and identify things that so clearly seemed as something God was sending you and you let it go by because you were too afraid to ride it because you weren't prepared for it because you weren't watching because you chose the lazy river over the big wave. You know, when I think of those moments in my life, there's few things I wouldn't do to go back and have a chance to, to try that wave again. And one of the hardest things for me to realize is that those waves have come and gone, never to be repeated again. Oh no, God certainly will send more waves and more opportunity, but that wave, that wave that I could have rode, it's gone. And having to live with the consequence or the choice that I've made, that's what scares me. It's knowing that regret. And being afraid of myself, because I know myself well, that I might wake up one day and go, Lord, I lived a life of letting waves go by. As scary as big water is, I really think I would rather wipe out trying 
I'd rather face getting rocked on that wave than living with that kind of regret. And I think it's only those who have tasted that regret can know what I mean. Here, this guy's God sends waves. He sends waves into each of your life. Things that upset the stale, still water. Things that are frightening and scary and exhilarating. Things that seem bigger than you can handle. But out there ahead of you, so come on, come on, grab the wave. Come ride with me. And you may get rocked, I can't promise you won't. You may wipe out, I can't promise you won't. You may even get hurt. But I promise what God will do in that is worth it by far because our God is a God who treads the waves. Ride him. Ride him. Whoever you are, ride him. Learn to see the sets coming in. You know, here at FOF, we've been in the water for some time trying to discern on the horizon the waves that we hoped God might be sending us. You know, you can't create a wave. You can't create it. You can only ride it when it comes. And those of you who have been with us in the water for, for a while now, you know we've been looking, we've been trying. We've been, we've been looking and things haven't developed. We've been looking and seeing and some go, ooh, that one's a monster. And if you even let a couple go by, we think God is sending us another wave. Another wave, and that's what we're going to be talking about later today. Look, my point in this message is not to go through our building project, not to go through the timelines and the details and the use of space and what it can accomplish and what it can do. We've talked about that, and we'll talk about it more at noon today. No, I want to get more transcendent with that into the why. The bigger picture of it all. And I never want what the waves that God is sending the Fellowship of Faith organization to be a substitute with the waves that God is sending you. Because I promise you, he is. And they're out there. And if we as a church, if you as a person can adopt a posture to keep looking on the horizon, saying, Lord, what are you sending me? Instead of, Lord, just save me. Oh, what God's going to do in you. Because what I've learned is this. People who surf the waves they always end up in a different place. You know, when God sends a wave, it's never like a cruise ship. You know, where it's the artificial, like, water just coming your way and you just kind of stand there in place with three guardrails around until you wipe out and lose your suit. You know what I mean? No, the people that surf the actual water, 
that wave takes them someplace. God wants to take you someplace. And God is going there because he's riding the wave. And he wants you to ride it too. Look, that's, that's my prayer for today. That's my prayer for you. And here's what I want you to do. I really mean this. And if I could even be so grand as to say, make this a posture of life, but start today. Start living from a position that doesn't fear the water, but welcomes it. Start praying, God, what wave are you sending me? And then open your eyes and look and see. Oh, and I tell you, you'll see wave after wave after wave. Start to materialize. Do it. He'll give you eyes to see, and when they come, dare to ride. We do that. We do that as a church, as a people of God. Ooh. Ooh, what God is going to do. Welcome to first wave. So I want to pray. Invite the man to come up. Let them plug in. But I invite you to pray with me. Now, now as, as we often do here, I'm going to pray and I invite you to allow my words maybe to guide you in this. But I know there are some of you sitting here or watching right now who are wondering about a particular wave. You're struggling with it. You're, you're, is, is it it? And you're afraid or, or you've been rocked or you've been hurt or you don't dare to open your heart and ask God about that today. Pray with me. Lord, we come before you as, as people in the water. Lord, you make waves. You upset the status quo. You're not content to leave us as we are because you know there is so much more joy so much more growth, so much more experience out there that you want us to share in with you. Oh, Lord, may we ride the waves with you. May we see you on the water. May we see you on the water inviting us to come out and ride with you. I want to pray for the person sitting here today. I want to pray for that person who right now is in that place going, Lord, what do I do? Guide them, God. Give them wisdom, but give them courage. Courage to serve. Knowing, God, that you will be there, and even if they get rocked, oh, Lord, what a ride it'll be. I want to pray for the person who's sitting here or watching today was filled with regret because they let the perfect wave go by. And now they're stuck in the water bobbing. Letting wave after wave go by because they're filled with such sorrow over the one that got away. Forgive us, God. Forgive us not only for letting those ones go by, but forgive us for fixating on what has passed that we miss what is present. Help us charge the water again today. Oh Lord, we know it'll be big. Help. We know it can be scary. Help. 
we know that you're good. So God, may we ride with joy, trembling, determination, excitement, and delight. Send the wave, O oh God. Amen. And I want you to hear this. God, the water walker, loves you so much that he invites you to ride with him again and again. Ride in his grace, in his power, and in his strength. God bless.